0: Thank you for tuning in to Purpose Plan Life and Bold Expressions podcast today. Today, we have Dr. Charles J. Pearson. He is an educator, church leader, writer, and speaker who has committed his life to helping others understand how to live an impactful life. And today, he's going to be talking about his book and his journey as an author. I just can't wait to jump in today. Oh, we're getting ready to have an awesome time. I can feel it. So, Carl, would you like to start off in prayer, or would you like to have our guests start off in prayer? Either one. is your decision, honey. If uh,
1: Dr. Crystal would be so inclined to lead uh, the prayer for us this uh, evening. Certainly.
2: Certainly. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you um, first for the blessing of life, Lord. We thank you um, for your presence in our life. We thank you for your guidance for our life. We thank you for your protection of our life. Lord we just thank you. We, we thank you for keeping us and sustaining us and, and, and just strengthening us as we go forward. We ask you to look upon uh, those whom we care for, those whom we serve, oh God, those whom we contact, come in contact with, that we may leave them better, oh God, that we may be supported, that we, we may represent your life. God, we ask you to bless the time that we have together this evening. Well, God, really, let the conversation be about you and who you are and what you do and how you truly have purpose for our struggles and our challenges. Well, God, I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for sitting with new friends. We just ask you to continue to keep us, uh, those we care for, keep our communities, keep, keep this state, keep this nation, and God, just continue to show yourself uh, supernatural to us. We pray this in your son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
0: Amen, amen. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for anyone tuning in right now for Purpose We Play on Life and Bold Expression podcast um, where you're always guaranteed to hear true, authentic conversation from a range of spectrum of topics. Uh, we are so excited about you being our guest tonight. And uh, we just want to make sure that and those around our community know how impactful your book that you've written is can you tell me a little bit about yourself as far as just you as you not even as the author yet but just you as you
2: me as me <laughs> <laughs> well you are looking at a gal up from uh west hill North arkansas small town um Great place to grow up. And as my friends now often say, a great place to be from. (laughs) (laughs) Graduated there, went to uh, college at Henderson State University, and uh, there I majored in art and came to St. Louis, uh, accepted a job as a teacher because I was working on becoming a famous artist. One of my teachers had said to me, you probably need to get a teaching degree so you don't starve while you're becoming famous. It was good advice because he had actually gone through it but I fell in love with the teaching. I fell in love with the teaching. I was teaching art, and life has gone full circle, teaching art at Normandy High School. So I taught mm-hmm. there five years, left for Ford, become an entrepreneur, started my own business, did some other, th- well, actually that was the second segue. I left um, and, and, and worked with an ad agency and so forth, and then came back to teach graphic design, which is what I got into when I left taught another four years, and then went to Clayton. So my education career just took off at this point. In Clayton, um, teacher became a coordinator, then assistant principal, left there to become a principal, then assistant superintendent. And then somewhere along all those journeys, I I actually ended up starting a small business with some friends, then back in education. So I've been busy.
0: (laughs) Yes, you have. (laughs) And learning
2: a lot along the way. And I now sit and look at it and go, Man, I learned a lot of things, yeah. Along the way, met my wife, Betty. Uh, we've now been together for 44 years, uh, hey. three children. Yeah, really, yes. <laughs> three children, um, eight grandchildren, and one great grandchild. Um, and so my I consider my life and every season in it really rich. And I'm excited about the season now because I my family kids me, I retired literally for a third time. Um, they running joke is that I need remediation and counseling around retiring. And so this new season is where I am as an uh, author and starting started an LLC called Impactful Living and then getting more deeply involved in church. So uh, that's me in a nutshell. That's me in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. Love it. Cause you are a teacher, you're a mighty teacher. So I guess you've been teaching in every capacity from father
2: to- Every, to every, system. every, yeah. every, <laughs> every. In, in every context even as a principal, I ended up leading a lot of the professional development. As a superintendent, I did, because it's all teaching, and yes. the whole point of teaching is that someone develops a deep understanding. That's it. If they didn't develop the understanding, I didn't teach.
0: So surely
2: And that's that's just it. So yeah. So all teaching. So teaching the Bible is just amazing because it's so rich. There's just so much there, and it's it can be it's so applicable to every adventure we encounter in real life it's just about the deep study of it yeah
0: right and i I can just piggyback on what you said because i was a teacher um and capacities and the the urban school system and the charter school so i do understand um, that aspect of just knowing and, and putting that those theories because you still have to be careful about what you say in the school system as far as
2: absolutely absolutely but
0: you cannot leave it you have to put that on know that it's there when you're teaching your kids so I can imagine how powerful uh, you were in the school system as with
2: well. <laughs> I was I was blessed I was blessed but you'll appreciate this then um, one of the things that I recognized the teachers that I worked with that were believers they also taught in their church and a principal that I was working under for a period of time, he was principal at the school and also president of his Lutheran body at his church. Yes. He was leading a construction project at school and also leading a construction project at his church. So what I began to realize is that God really gives us the gifts to serve the people, but then he'll allow us to make a vocation of it. Yes. And they're, they're, it, 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 those parallels have been consistent. They were consistent. They were consistent. God gives us a gift. He gives it for the building of the kingdom, but then He will allow us to use that very same gift. So you probably had this happen. You really find yourself showing up the same way every place. You're a believer. Yes. You're a believer. Yes. You're a believer. <laughs> You're belie- it children, includes and- values, yes. everything. Mm-hmm. You're a believer.
0: Yeah, and the children are going to make sure you show up authentic wherever you are. <laughs> What's
2: yeah, you do. does not matter.
0: In that urban school district, I was, I came in just as someone. I said, I just want to work here for a little bit and kind of took it. <laughs> I kept going up the ladder. So it didn't yeah. matter what position I was in, the children always had yes. the same level of respect that I gave them and gave them, you know, just put out there. So I, yeah, I can only yeah. imagine there. <laughs> it yeah,
2: and,
1: yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And just... In this season, I know you as an author, and you, like you said, you're growing in so many things. What is God teaching you in this season of quarantine? Everything that's going on, different from the ministry. I know you said you're you're expanding upon that LLC and, and
2: different. Right, groups. right, right. Well, the what well, the the learning first began um, in, in 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 summer of twenty twenty or twenty was it twenty nineteen? Is that when I was first about.
0: We were finding out about it in
2: 19. So in March of that year, I think I'm right, in March of that year, um, schools ended. We were on spring break, and we didn't go back after spring break. So that whole process was just us finishing the year, moving into virtual and doing all that. And that was the year I was set to retire. So my goal was I would retire June 30th. And then my wife and I were going to head to Alaska for three weeks. Then we're going to head down to Atlanta, where I had some grandchildren down there. Then we're going to head to Texas, where my daughter was there. I mean, we had it laid out. Right. And I retired to my backyard. (laughs) (laughs) So, but the point was interesting. The backyard, that summer, you know, everything was shutting down. I actually ended up having a personal retreat. You couldn't go many places. So on in the evening, evenings, I would get my kettlebell. I, I'd get out there. I'd be working out. I'd have some Cold Train playing. I might have some Miles Davis playing. Then I would turn around and reach back and get some old Kurt Franklin. Um, had a light on on the back, so even if it was dark.
1: Now
0: that's the truth. In the year twenty twenty especially March 2020, when the schools were shutting down, that is, if you didn't have a personal retreat place, then you are definitely making yourself have one. And um, I wanted to make sure with this time right now, we're going to take a quick break and listen to one of our sponsors, but we're going to come right back in and finish up talking about what it means to have a personal retreat place and how that propelled him into his next phase.
2: Still good. I would sit there, and I saw the moon become full. I, and I was, I was in this retreat in this amazing space, and this amazing amount of study and prayer and meditation. And so that just really grounded me, as I, because again, I couldn't go anywhere. Right. <laughs> but it was healthy for me, and it, it almost, um, I think, what COVID did is it stripped us of a lot of excess stuff we'd been thinking about. It compelled us to get back to the fundamentals so i was writing and reading and recognizing having just retired that i had a goal this book had been sitting in the back of my mind for years plenty of notes that this would be the season that i would finish that book and so that beginning of COVID really just it just positioned me to begin doing the work and learning everything i needed to learn i love how
0: you said you're able to pivot from You said you
2: were thinking about Alaska. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah. Oh, we we were ready. Listen, we we were ready. I've been reading the landscape up there. I love nature. The first time I really began to see, and just so seeing oceans, seeing mountains. Alaska. Alaska, Oh my goodness. We we were ready, but not so fast. (laughs) God has a
0: special way of of moving things around to make you more aware of what your purpose is. Every time. Does
2: he absolutely (laughs) does. Yep. And, and he compels, for me, it was recommitting myself to purpose and, and getting clear about what mattered to me. Um, when I was a, in education as a leader, I, my moral purpose was really um, improving the lives of urban children, specifically the 3,500 children in my school district. So I stepped, now you stepped away five and a half years, you retired yet again. And so what do you wanna do now? I want to explore more ways to teach more effectively. And so the book becomes one of those ways and my LLC becomes another way. And then my impactfulliving.net website becomes another way. And I'm learning in all of those spaces. Every one of them I'm learning. So I'm being stretched.
0: Imagine, and even when you started the LLC, I know that could be even more stretching with that how did you yes. take on that new responsibility with the LLC on top of everything,
2: right? Yes, yes, yeah. Just the learning. I did, I had an LLC when I first retired from teaching and it was focused on the educational consulting. So I was training teachers and administrators on how to do cultural responsive teaching, um, uh, effective communication with parents, uh, effective communication within an organization, all those things. So I had done that process before but this was a little bit different because having done all of those things one of my things I decided is in retirement I won't do anything I've done before that's one of those goals I set for myself I've never I, I'm now an adjunct professor at Maryville University I've never done that before never published a book before you know never and so those are the things I say yes to now in this season love it
0: and uh I don't want to take away from my husband I before we start just going an to answer questions about <laughs> the book and just how you are as the author part. Um and, and as far as author, because it's something about you've always because you tell me that book was on the shelf. And it's something because I'm I'm in the process of writing a book myself.
2: Uh. And I say
0: <laughs> that people say, okay, I'm in the process of writing what stage do you do? are you just thinking about it or what? Because when you're actually writing and yes. you are writing for years. You can be writing yes. things yes. together for a book for years because it's something in your heart, it's in your soul. Right. It's right. And God gives you a pen or a typewriter to get that out of you. So, right. for me, I kind of want to know, as far as just that process of writing, what made you, what was that thing that made you finally push? Was it Betty? Did Betty push you? But what put you into the position?
2: Well, one of the things that I recognize, again, as a, as a biblical teacher, um, I I have been, been teaching for years, and I began to notice that as I was looking at always, I keep all my notes. So I start thinking, you know, there's some themes that I'm beginning to see develop here. And I just start pulling those themes, those biblical characters out. This whole idea of facing struggle and then conquering struggle. That really, and so I just began to look, everyone from Jonah to to Hannah, to, you know, they all had a struggle. And so I had all those notes. I began to recognize that if I, I pull these together, I think there's a book here. And then beginning to develop what the connection would be between those was the next step. So that process, meaning years, it was there, I'd write, i step back, I'd write, i step back, and slowly it morphed. Then I did my first draft and shared it with my wife. She gave me some critique. And then I recognized at a certain point after doing some reading, I need to go in and get an editor, a proofreader to give me that real critique. And I, I found that person, she was phenomenal in terms of even challenging me around some of the things I had in it that were actually things that heard people preach,
0: Wow, I'm so happy that you are such a man of God that you could take that criticism or critique stages from Betty and the editor and apply those things.
2: But they weren't really in scripture. (laughs) So I had to back those back out, find that correction. And then at a certain point it was like, okay, here's the deadline. I need to get this done. I need to understand all those things about formatting, how to, um, you know, what pages ought to be blank. What's the difference between if it's an ebook or if it's a print copy, because there are differences. What are all the manuals out there I need to know? Who can I learn from, which was a biggie because I needed to learn from somebody who'd done it before. I had no idea how much I didn't know. And then after the book is actually done, it comes a whole challenge of how do you publish? There's a dozen ways to do that. Who do you connect with first? How do you connect? What do you do? Um, What's the difference in this publishing that? So that whole learning process, honestly, that began uh, the the day I retired and the book ended up being published at first as ebook in September of uh, 2020. And then as a print book, January third this year. But it took that long to get all the details and kinks out of it. Yeah.
0: Imagine. So this like I said, the writing process is not easy. It's, it's not black author and one because for some reason this is my opinion. I'm just talking about <laughs> when you put your book on Amazon, I've noticed for many black authors, our books mm-hmm. come to the back even when you put in. So mm-hmm. I heard many of them have to struggle a little bit harder to get their their you know the attention of for audience that they're maybe looking for. But it is not easy. But no. this, I believe in, I'm believing sorry I'm really thinking this book here is gonna be on the of Amazon list really soon. Um, <laughs> and I would
2: hope. I would hope.
0: And I say that right. I'm not just saying that because I love who you are as a as a Christian man of God. I say this because this is good writing. And I can't I I, I can't lie about good writing because I I read so much. Yes. And and I, again, I don't want to take You're your fine. questions. <laughs> I know we kind of talked about what questions we're gonna ask you too. But yeah. one of the biggest parts about I hope you don't mind if I talk a little bit about the book as oh, well. Yeah. But the section I love the most, uh, it's in everything I've read sure. Uh, the Job section, um, yeah. talk about Job, it really is Job is our go-to character when we always think about the why, why me, why me, God, why it had to happen to me, mm-hmm. but I, I looked at it differently and you allow the reader to see something differently yes. and pointed out about the wife because people always think about mm-hmm. the wife and they kind of push her to the back and mm-hmm. say, oh, okay, well, she wasn't a good wife obviously because she told this man to curse God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But the struggle that she was able to point out to the reader for me was mm-hmm. um, just about just how that wife was able to overcome <clears throat> all the things that she had gone through. That wife was in trauma stage. Anytime you have to bury your own children, I wouldn't even in the sickness that may be in my mind when you know having to bury my own children, losing everything.
1: Everything. Then,
0: mm-hmm. See my husband who i love my king my honor who i'm you know, who i serve i'm mm-hmm. him laying there you know looking like death that's one sure. looks like she wants to see her husband looking good you never want to see your husband looking bad now i'm like right. her looking like death and you sit up here talking about how wonderful god is and how good he's <laughs> you think i'm not going to say something out of character but you no know, i love how you kind of drew just from that 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 stage i want to know how you you were writing that part in particular. How did you feel when you were getting so connected with that wife and bringing that part out?
2: Well, I think for for me, and and it's that character, but it's others. That Many the pain, helping someone understand the pain that is happening, and still being able to to, to pull purpose out of it is is a biggie for me. that that, that's the biggie for me. And and I, I did like, like you said, recognizing that it would be easy to categorize her as you don't love him, you know, or you're unfaithful until you empathize with the fact you really, you, you just said it. There's someone I love who is going through this. This just needs to end. And then if you think about it as I've done now, I'm older than you. When I've looked at individuals who are going through illness and struggle and suffering, and someone who cares for them has to watch that process, that's tough. And yet, to still be able to say God is good means you got to extend beyond that event. You have to go beyond that event, because in the moment, oh, let's not let's be real. Everything in the moment, it hurts. Yes, but in the broader context. There is there is reasoning behind it. Um, I, I did a teaching uh, about several months ago about the grace of God, and that, or the sovereignty of God. In the broader context, he sees it all, but in this moment here, there's pain. Does that make sense? <clears throat>
0: it makes a lot of sense to me because it, when you just look at things in a narrow perspective, my husband had this, um tell pastor a few weeks ago about, it's been a while ago, but you- said
1: about
0: how a plane is able to kind of look and the perception of
1: it you you do it better than I do sex oh sorry you were doing fine um (laughs) it was uh we was heading into church um and I was just looking up uh, this time I was working at the airport and so I'm used to seeing planes (laughs) uh, I just happened to look up we were walking in church and I I was like isn't it funny how you look up and you see the plane and from mm-hmm. perspective we you know the plane's not going that fast And like mm-hmm. from our perspective if you're fast enough you can mm. run the plane
2: okay yes
1: from yes. our perspective
2: yes good analogy but
1: in reality the plane is traveling hundreds of, of miles yes. an hour yes and it has a different perspective than we do yes <clears throat> how that relates to God we're looking yes at god and we're thinking you know you're not going fast enough you're not moving yes. in our life and yeah they're like if you knew the different things that i could see <laughs> you can't see
2: yeah yeah you're
1: up here looking looking at me you're up here you know and and it's because i was segueing and stuff <laughs> think about different things and was something i thought about the other day You've never heard a traffic report from somebody on the ground. Right. The block down. Right. You you will never get a traffic report because they they can't tell you. Right. Because they don't have that perspective. They can't see it. Right. But God can see everything in front of us. He can see everything behind us. He can see the the things that are coming towards us. They can judge. Mm -hmm it's going to hit us if he needs if he needs to intervene or if he needs to let it hit us for us to learn something and so just your perspective and how you look at different things um and one of the things i always like you know uh you know to help change your your attitude change your altitude you know yes
2: yes yeah Yeah. you know
1: just just how you just look at different different things and just move on from there
2: yeah you know what's interesting is two were talking, and and back to around the the Job passage. Job and his wife in the middle of having lost property, children. Then he goes through the battle of losing so-called friends. He finally gets compelled to say, look, God, I I don't get it. I've I've been giving it my best shot. I'm like, what is all this? And in that moment, but what God saw was his journey and saw the double he was going to give him and the joy he was going to get. He had to live it in the moment, but God had the perspective. So that is the great challenge of us trusting God for what's coming that we can't see. That's the essence of faith. You know, that's the essence of it. Yeah, so yeah, those are the lessons. Great, great analogy. I may have to steal into some of my teaching later. I'll give you credit the first time. <laughs>
1: And feel feel free, you know. But after that, and it's mine. So <laughs> yeah, <after> that's <laughs> good.
0: But, but no, and, and just thinking about Job's struggle, and thinking that this time, in with the beginning of the book, was even talking about how you you were struggling.
2: Yes, yeah, and that was really right. That that was my impetus. Um, mm. I didn't um, that that section really grabbed me. I. I ended up being in so much pain from my back till I was on a cane for several months. And I'm doing professional development. So, you know, those old, old schools in the city, they're wonderful, but no elevator. So you, oh, yeah. the, the the training is on the second floor in the library. So, you know, yes, you oh, of really cart up the steps. Uh, at, at church, you know, you're standing for Lord's Supper and you just kind of brace because the pain was there. Um, and every night, um, I'd sleep 30 minutes and then a shooting pain would come and I'd have to wake up. And I was beginning to go, okay, um, for bulging discs. Um, I don't know, the thought of surgery is frightening. So I'm doing physical therapy. I had a good physical therapist. And one night, as I said in the book, I slept for four hours and then before the pain came. And I was so appreciative and I realized, what struggle taught me in that moment was that I had been taking something as um, what someone would call as common, as a good, night's sleep for granted. Just lay down and oh, out.
0: <laughs>
2: and then the four hours turned to five and to six. And I wondered if I'd ever get be able to work out again and I could end up doing those things. So God did that process. But I walked away going, look at all I learned. And that became the final frame for the book. I could go into the book beginning with my own story, which is critical in a book, by the way. People do want to hear what you're bringing to it, what your perspective is, what led you to the book. If you're not doing a memoir, at least there needs to be something in there that's about you. And once I went through that experience, I was like, okay, now I have a context. Now I have context. And that, that, while it was the introduction to the book, it was one of the last things I wrote. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: When I read that part, I said, it, I picked up the book, I'm gonna be honest with you. I picked up the book and said, this is this is Dr. Pearson, but I gotta get it.
2: Yeah, yeah, thank you.
0: With it from that moment. Yeah. I also um, had some really bad bulging discs. Nobody knows about bulging diss.
2: Nobody.
0: You have to go there.
2: You have to go there.
0: And it happened until it happens to you. Um, This was me in my 20s trying to teach, Um, it struck me. And it was so bad that one of my students actually had to help me out of the room one day to get yes, Yes. It's no joke. Um, When I saw that part and I read that, tears literally came to my eyes. I said, how do you feel? For someone who has never had to take medicine, really, other than a little Tylenol here,
2: right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Can make you yeah. <laughs> pain it, to
0: make you—it's
2: mind-blowing because you can't yeah. tackle it. You, no. you, you, can't, and you begin to reconcile. Will this be life? When, when they say to you, "What's your pain on a scale of one to 10, You want to say twelve. <laughs> but, but I think even that God used me. He created. There was that sense of the empathy. You have to have, you know, to say, you know, because we've all had struggles, but this was an intense kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Get right. it? it gets, you you get pain and not able yeah. to rest. I even joke with people about having a son on autism spectrum. I always have to bring him up, whatever I talk about, because mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you
2: never
0: had a child on the autism spectrum, if you yeah. a child in general, boy, boys are different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a child on autism spectrum. You might not get sleep anymore. Sleep is something that when you get it. You are so grace and just so. It's a peaceful moment that can come to your mind. You can think. Yes. When you get peace, anytime God blesses you with a moment of chaos and a moment of peace, that's a struggle moment, and it pulls you into something so great and so powerful Mm. of Him. You can almost feel the presence of God when you can get that peaceful moment. But again, I don't want to take moments away from... You're
1: you're fine. No, you (laughs) had questions. (laughs) (laughs) Don't pull yourself back as as a as i believe was a section of the book you know <laughs> anything that's that's timid to keep you from you know giving your light that's not a call so <laughs> listen to that <laughs> uh well uh not so much questions but just different things that i and once again for those who may just be listening to the audio the name of the book is god i'm struggling Mm -hmm. my dr charles J. pearson um one of the uh one of the chapters uh, (coughs) to me was jonah Ah. (coughs) and it was something my my wife and i talked about yes and it was it was the thing of um i was like when i was reading it i thought about present day Mm -hmm. mm-hmm uh that and it right you know, see so he, he's uh he calls us to be with people uh you know for for whatever reason if you're not familiar with the story of jonah he was a prophet god told mm-hmm. people who were uh in fact enemies of his people and jonah yes. the prophet god knowing god's heart knows that if he tells these people to repent right god would forgive them yes he would forgive them forgive him because he hated them yes um, and i think about how god calls us to be with people who aren't godly who
2: yes a
1: certain way and instead of doing what god calls us to do we may look at them a certain way or we may use our righteousness mm-hmm. against them um and so i i i want to know like what, what was you thinking uh um, did you even think about that aspect of it when you wrote that chapter? Because that that really stuck out to me about how we as Christians were ostracize somebody, um, and also just the and and I will also say uh, I fell into the trap myself of oh he's stupid he, he speaks to God and he thinks he can get mm-hmm. on a boat and you know <laughs> you know and then be like everything's okay it's like oh that's how how stupid of him. And then that's when God spoke in the back of my mind. It's like, well, how many times have I told you to do something? Yes. And you, yes. Just, it's just like, yeah, He speaks to me, but you have the hindsight of having a book detailing all these things, and then having other people and things in your life, and you know, and I had, I had to kind of help myself, just like, it's like, yeah, super, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I can, I can see that myself sure but yeah but yeah as, as i said uh how did you were you thinking about the whole thing about kind of uh dealing with people that we may not see as godly did you think about that when you were writing the chapter
2: absolutely absolutely because one of the things jonah illustrates is um the the challenge to love your enemy <laughs> like like really <laughs> The the whole passage of scripture, that talks about love you, enemy, pray for those who despitefully use you. The Ninevites had a history of brutality against his people. So it wasn't just they were not nice. They were vicious. Now, God, these individuals who deserve your wrath, you want me to actually go and preach to them? And I know if I do rather than them getting the punishment that I think they deserve, you're gonna bless them. And I just don't want any part of it. I despise them that much. So yeah, I went there because I have individuals, I'll be transparent. I had to pray over the last four years around certain political parties. I had sides of me that was just rooted in just some anger and frustration. And God challenged me, but okay. What have I taught you to do? What are you to do as a believer, let alone as a, as a preacher? And so Jonah's, Jonah's journey around that and his literally running away from that really struck a note for me. But what, what got me about that, if I can just talk about Jonah, because you know, when you talk about some of those favorite parts of the book, what I appreciate about the story of Jonah is that he illustrates for us how we end up in consequences we caused.
1: We don't, we don't like to talk about that. It's always
2: yes. somebody did something to he, us. He, he, did all, he did all of that. He did all of mm-hmm. that. He did all of that. You know, he he tried to run, as you last said a moment ago. How can you run from God? You're a prophet. But yet he despised them so much that he tried to run. And then when the storm comes, he gets confronted with the fact that he knows why the storm is. And he says, okay, you know what? It's me. It's me. Throw me overboard. And the power, as I point out in the book, is when he went overboard, he expected to die. Yes. He really did. He respected that. This is over. I have made this mistake. I've landed here. But there, God was, as we were saying a moment ago, already sending the great fish to swallow him. And in he goes. And the beauty, one of the biggest things about that, as I was teaching it down through years and wrote it, is one could easily have seen that whole experience as punishment. And I declared it was grace because he expected to die. What he ended up getting was a second chance to do some self-reflection, to do some reconnection to God, to do some recommitment to God. And when he went through that whole process, then God said, "Okay." The joking, the comedians would say, "Okay, Moby, spit him out." You know, <laughs> he, he he had his review, he had his reflect. Because if you notice in the text, he never asked God to save him. He just spent that time worshiping and committing, and then God spit him out and said, okay, now go do what I told you right. to do. <laughs> and he did with renewed energy. You know, I don't know, I don't recall if I put this detail in the book, but I remember the first time I heard someone teach, he would have shown up, his skin would have been bleached.
1: Yes, that, yeah, that was in the- He would have
2: been smelling bad. He would have been ragged, seaweed, smelling like fish. And he showed up with a word and he showed up with a word so powerful that the whole city repented. Yeah. So what Jonah teaches us is our own mistakes can set us up for some hard lessons to learn, but that God still will work with us. That's a celebratory moment when, as you were saying, we think about all the times we didn't do what we knew we should have done and so just as you said a moment ago even now when I have a moment like that I have to step back and go okay so what is God telling me to do and why am I resisting and what the word teaches us we're going to end up doing it
0: (laughs) right we're going to end up doing it we just end up taking
2: this
1: circuitous journey we're going to end up doing it yeah
0: Funny, God always gets no matter what, no matter the way we turn left, right, we can go north, south. God is always going to get his way, regardless of what we, oh, yeah. we sure. do. But, sure. Uh, just just thinking about you, you, we're talking about that chapter. Was that your favorite chapter of your book? And
2: it it was. I and, and I have different parts of different books, but yeah, I spent that one is a favorite. Uh, the power of Peter, his story was a favorite. The challenge of being Um, of God, of us wanting to desire to know God so much that we'll get out of our comfort zone and experience the supernatural. And the thing about Peter that's interesting, we talk about it, Peter actually had two supernatural events. He walked on water to Jesus, became distracted, a real point to make out, don't get distracted, begin to sink, called on God, another point, when we're starting to sink and we can call on him. God raised, Jesus raised him up, and he walks back to the boat. He was totally, he was walking in the supernatural, got distracted. He was in the supernatural and got distracted. And then walking back, he's back in the supernatural. But the piece is, he got out of the boat. You can't experience the power of God until you're willing to leave those safe zone, safety zones. And if he is with you, you can step out there. I was teaching once, and then i tell you the one other chapter. Like, I was teaching once, um, I don't really like heights. Now, I jumped out of a plane once, but that's because I was trying to challenge my fears. I don't really like heights. But if you get a ladder, you'll notice the ladder has a place on it that says, don't stand above that point. So I was teaching this class, and I climbed all the way up to the top of the ladder and got on the very top. That's what God wants us at that space where we got to totally trust him. Yeah. Down here, it's safer. He wants us here. And every day you got to challenge yourself to go there, to go there. And so I, when I think about Peter, that's the experience that he had. He got out. He said, I want to come to you. I want to be where you are. I want to do, because here's the deal. He said, he, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Other passages. So Peter jumped on that. So that's the favorite. And then finally there's Hagar. Hagar's story is awesome because Hagar just goes through their whole human journey. You know, um, Abraham and and, and Sarah had their issue. She became a human solution to a spiritual issue.
0: That's so hard.
2: She's born. uh, She has becomes pregnant. Natural human nature (laughs) (laughs) causes the strife. And she does what we all do. When things are tough, we want to run back to where we came from. It's just human nature. And yet, in the middle of all of that, God meets her right where she is in this space. And he speaks to her about her past. Hey, God, where are you coming from? Which challenges us to think about what's all the baggage we've been bringing with us. He meets her in her present. I, I know you're here. I know you. I met you here. And then he talks to her about your future. You're going to become a mother. You know, he will be he, he will be the father of a nation. So I need you to go back because you left it, but that relationship isn't over yet. So Hagar in that moment experiences God talking to her about her past, present, and future. He does that with us too. He, as we were saying earlier, he sees the bigger picture. But we're in the moment. I love what she said. I have seen the God who sees me. We often use the phrase, oh, I see. And I felt like that's what it was. She suddenly had an awareness. Epiphany. An epiphany. She suddenly had, oh, this God who has seen and keeps me, I now have seen him in action. I've seen his nature. I've understood his presence. So yeah, that's that's one of my favorites too. Yeah. I just love it.
0: Yeah, and I, I, it's so many different sections of this book. I don't want to hold you too much longer either. So, but I just have a few more wonderful things to point out. Yeah, I know for you as the author of this book, where do you see this book headed? Because I can see this being taught. I'm even going to bring this book up even to my own church and see about us maybe doing it and as, as a couples ministry and different. Because mm-hmm. it's so many different points. Even like you said with Hagar, he, like it, it's so many different little pinpoints that you can see. Yes. Um, they can have strife in a marriage that how that can go back and forth. Good good thing yeah. had a husband to say, I'm not gonna uh, whatever you want, baby, is what you want. <laughs> and she was <laughs> run from there. But at the same time, it's, it's so many points of your your struggle of these of other the, the characters of this book yeah. that yeah. I see helping and helping singles as well as ministry. But where yeah. do you want this book to be taught and how did you want it to be taught?
2: My first thought is, um, I think it is a solid book to be, to be, could be used for Bible studies. In fact, I've got my invitation to do a first Bible study this fall. So I'm going to do six sessions. I'll probably focus on four characters. But then the real power of the book is those reflection questions at the end. So asking somebody, can you, are you clear about what the struggle is? Now, what did you learn about God in the struggle? What did you learn about yourself in the struggle? As others watched you go through the struggle, what did they gain from it? And now what are you going to do with what you know? So I envision classes. um, I don't know what kind of conferences and so forth are coming forward. I would just tell you that my goal was that if the book were produced, you know, that God would use it, the spaces God wants to use it to help people see Him and His sovereignty in their life. So I'm I'm I'd be like you, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I'm excited, I was excited about this opportunity to talk about it. I'm excited about what I'll get to do in the fall. And I'll be able to teach. But the whole thing about teaching is the application of what you learn after you have taught, the conversations that people will have around it. And then how do they see themselves in the characters in scripture? But more importantly, how do they see themselves now that they know? And can they begin to see God's hand while they're in the struggle? That's powerful. But certainly after a struggle, can they look back and see God's finger? I used to call it before the book, look for God's fingerprints in your life.
0: Because
2: they're there. Yes, they are. You know. All of us, the two of you and me, we've had moments that God moved and kept us from doing something that we really thought was going to be good for us. We knew it was happening. <laughs> we knew it. It was a desire we had even prayed over. It. And then a month after he said no and, and closed that door, we go, oh, look what just happened at the space that I wanted to work <laughs> So what I hope is that, again, just opportunities to teach it and share it and help people apply it. Uh, My website, ImpactfulLiving.net, invites people to uh, share a struggle that they've had. Not not too super personal detail, of course. Uh, They can post anonymously if they want. And then what they learn around those questions, what they learn about themselves and about God. And then my goal is then to begin to share those stories and a whole community of people begin to recognize how others are struggling, what they're learning, so that my website will become a place where a community of people could just begin sharing how to, sharing their experiences and what God is doing because of, as I think you said earlier, having someone also understand what you experienced. It matters. So that's the goal. No one is really going there yet. And I understand because it may be a really sensitive question to ask people, you know, what you gained from your struggle, you know. But um, so the goal is on the website, yet, that kind of communication. And then on the teaching end, just a chance to share the book. Talk about the characters, have people identify, identify their favorite character, and then probe them about those questions at the end of these chapters. Cause once you do that, you understand yourself better and you understand God better. So, that's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> I
0: hope whoever's listening, they understand that tonight as well because that's so impactful to know what you envision from the book and what where you want to go as far as the t- <clears throat> because there's definitely teachable moments in this book. Yes. Um, yes. It's not going to be a book that sits in your shelf. You will get it out and continue to look at it. Um, I compare this to books of T.D. Jakes and uh, even Joyce that the Joyce Meyer, the Paterfield of Mind. You're kind.
2: You are so kind. Thank
0: well, you. I, I, I think about, I'm a, a good reader. I think about books. I think about good authors and I, I can't be, um, I can't pretend like, oh, that's a good book. I've, I've had people to talk about the book and I can't get into it as much because I can't lie. I have a hard time lying. <laughs> but um, whoever's reading, I, I'm truly authentic when I say you will not be disappointed in learning these teachable moments of this book. And Carl, did you have anything to say before
1: we kind of wrap up this well? Um... No, because I, if I do, we're going to be here longer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's best if <laughs> you just go ahead and wrap up before we just.
0: Okay. You go ahead. You're doing good. Okay. And, 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 and uh, I didn't know if Dr. Pearson had anything that he wanted to kind of relate before we close us out tonight as well.
2: Just um, the Bible is designed to um, empower us to live this life. Um my whole my whole focus now is, and I'll go back to my LLC, the goal is first to, to teach people for understanding, just understand scripture and then uh, equip them to take action, really apply the scriptures to their lives. And that's wherever you are if you're a CEO, you know, wherever you are. And then the final one I use is inspire. So teach, equip, and inspire. And inspire means to inspire people to apply the scripture with a level of excellence. Excellence. So, and and I say that because all through scripture, uh, Daniel, awesome, awesome character, awesome character to study. But he also was a designer and an engineer. Daniel, if you read that chapter, talks about, it says that he had a spirit of excellence and that's what elevated him. The king said, because he had a spirit of excellence, he was going to put it in charge of the other two. We need to strive for excellence. I'm not talking about perfection. You can't tell. But you strive for being the best that you can be. So my goal, again, and, 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 and LLC's goal, teach for understanding, equip for action, and inspire for excellence in application. I think if we do those things, we'll cease to walk around, as many of us do, as believers who feel defeated. We're not defeated. We're not defeated. We're not defeated. Yes. We're not defeated. 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 Life is challenging, and people are saying, "Well, now that you're a believer, there's no issues." No, 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 no. The difference is, we are not alone. <laughs> so that would be my closing thoughts. No. Thank you. That, and I can feel Yeah, and that's
0: and that's that wisdom. So that comes from wisdom. That's something that's not a 20 road couldn't have grasped those concepts of learning and having excellence and walking in excellence. Yes. 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 Everybody's excellence is not someone else. My excellence is not going to look like Oprah's or Halle Berry. No, no. It's no only no. going to look like Juanita and what God has
2: purpose for me. Design, God designed Juanita to do yes. what Juanita's called to do. That's a whole different conversation. We are his work <laughs> created in him to do good works that existed before So Juanita was created to address challenges that exist. That's Juanita's gift. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Ask your husband. (laughs) He knows that. Yes. Right.
0: Thank you, though. Thank
2: you for the opportunity to share. I appreciate it. I really do.
0: This is our pleasure, an honor again. And um and then I want anybody again, anyone who's listening, um this is gonna be found on Purpose to Plan Life Podcast the mm-hmm. Anchor and mm-hmm. as both expressions and um, both expressions can tell us more about the words on the as well.
1: Oh, same places wherever podcasts podcast can be found.
0: Okay. And- um, and again, and we will make sure we put all links of Dr. Pearson and how to get his book and how to access him as well. Thank
2: you. Thank you.
0: And we yeah. want this to, I want the community of the so people know how great, again, this book is. You will not be disappointed. And, thank you. And thank you. Thank you for your
1: time today, you. awesome. um If you would, would you mind telling people where they can find you online if they are so inclined to do so?
2: Certainly, certainly, certainly. Uh, First, for the book itself, it's available, uh, God, I'm Struggling, Charles J. Pearson, amazon.com and Barnes and Noble, and uh, now several uh, independent bookstores. So just asking for the name of the book and, and author should get you there. It's available in ebook and print. Um, my website is www.impactfulliving.net. Www.impactfulliving, so that will get you there. Um, I'm, I'm posting and putting information out in LinkedIn and all those spaces. So all of these handles are there, you know, um, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, that I got a Facebook light like page. So all, it's out there in all those spaces. But the, it, if you get to the website, impactfulliving.net, it also points you to all the other spaces. So yeah, well, thank you.
1: Thank you. My wife said thank you for your time. Thank you for everybody that, um, tunes in and listen. We hope that you uh got something from this. We hope that whatever you got from it that you're able to use it in your life and hopefully share it with somebody else. That's one thing I know her and I, uh, you know, whoever listens to it, that's one thing, kind of learn from just different things I know. But like what whatever happens, if nobody but five people listen, then that's five people who wouldn't have heard it. So we're just are thankful for that and we're appreciative of it um once again you can find my wife
0: at uh, plan life on all platforms Facebook Instagram um, YouTube YouTube as well mm-hmm. those channels as well but everything yeah life because your life has purpose
1: yeah. find me at Bold Expressions on both Twitter and Instagram. It's B-L-D Expressions on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at Bold Expressions on uh, YouTube. If you'd like to send me an email about anything, you can send it to boat Expressions, the number four, at gmail.com. All right. Uh, you want to do the closure? You can do. All right. <laughs> uh, so we just want to say have a good day, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to or watching this. And as always, don't (laughs) as always don't be so busy proving your point that you forget your purpose.